All right, cool. All right, and we are starting now. All right, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, Dan. So, um, with your experience, like in journalism, and now, because I know that you used to used to work for the Tribune, and now you're working out for Bleacher Report. Like, could you just run by me, like how how you how journalism even came to be with you, and like how you have made it to like where you are today? Well, you know, when I was uh, in school, I wasn't quite sure what, early in my college career what I wanted to do. And uh, I always kind of had a felt I had a gift to write. I could write. And I really love sports. So I thought, wouldn't it be something if I could kind of marry those two things and do both uh, writing and, and do things with sports? And uh, so anyway, I went, you know, I, I studied in that area, in journalism, and, and uh, I was fortunate enough to have a teacher at school who worked at the Chicago Sun-Times, and he helped me get in there as a guy who was just kind of typing in scores and answering the phones, working the night shift, and I did that actually while I was still in school, and then after, I graduated too, and then uh, there were some promotions at the Sun-Times, and I was fortunate enough to get one of them, and Kind of move up the ranks and then uh in 1985 the bears had their great season and sometimes needed extra people working on the bears beat so they uh promoted me to that position and i was on the bears from then on i worked sometimes then for about 15 years mm-hmm. and then from there i went to uh, the sporting news magazine i worked there for nine years and then i went to the tribune i was there for about seven years and then i went to bleacher report uh for uh, I think about four years and I've been with the athletic for the last uh, two years mm-hmm. and uh, that's a really good place to work for uh, for sports writers and, and journalists and it's, uh, it's they've got a great model uh, for I think uh, that's going to be used for the future of sports writing and 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 what 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 would that be? So like, what are what are like the advancements in or so like what would you say is the future for sports writing? Well. It's a, it's a subscription-based model with no advertisements. Okay. Uh, but the subscription is pretty low. You know, they offer different deals from time to time. I mean, you know, th- there are times when they offer a, a subscription for, you know, I think uh, a few bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's a lot of journalism that they offer you. We've got something like 500 writers covering every sport, not only in the country, but Canada, UK, you know, they, they cover uh, soccer across the sea, and they're expanding even beyond that. They just started a new initiative with uh, gambling, and uh, it's really uh, good, a lot of good long-form storytelling, mm-hmm. which really isn't done hardly at all in newspapers anymore. And what The Athletic does better than any place I've ever worked is they really empower the writer. They take the writer and they say, what do you do best? Give that to us. And, and they let the writer go. And I think the result is you end up with a lot of really good, different, interesting stories. I think it's some of the, uh, you know, the, the best sports journalism in volume I've ever seen from one company. 
Okay. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, and that just makes sense, especially with that kind of model, too, where it's like, if you allow, if you build off of, if you build off of, like, your workers and other people's strengths, they're able to have, especially, especially with journalism, and I'm learning this with podcasting, too, is that if you're able to put people in their own element and talk about things that they know, the content is just much more authentic, and you get so much more out of it, and, and, it, it doesn't box you into this little picture. It, it allows a lot more creativity. And then that's where, and and that, and that's where I feel like you're able to, to develop like a lot more better stories. Yeah. I think that's really with anything in life, Nick, you know, I think that if you, uh, any job, you know, if, if you have a, a boss or a corporate structure that forces you in a box to kind of do things that, maybe aren't your strengths or things that you're not enjoying doing as much. The results of your work and your efforts aren't going to be the same as if you're doing something that you're really passionate about and that you feel like you've got uh, a skill at doing and, and that you're enjoying. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, if you look at you study some of the best companies to work for in America or the, or the glo- across the globe, really, you know, place, places like uh, Google or Apple, uh, you will see that, that Salesforce, that's how they treat employees. You know, they, they try to uh, empower the employees and put them in position to do what they do best. And you always end up with the best product that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then, um, so then would you say that, um, that, that now with the current role that you're at now, would you say that, you, are you saying that you now have a lot more freedom to be able to do all those things. Is, is that where you were getting at earlier? Yeah, exactly. I, I do. I think, uh, you know, so, so basically my role now is to write long form features about the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, and then also I write some things about the bears, uh, because, you know, I've, I've had a voice in Chicago about the bears, uh, for, uh, close to four decades now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I have some equity built up there that, I think, uh, you know, it's worthwhile to continue to, to foster that. And I, I really have a lot of institutional knowledge about the team. So uh, I, I do some things that are specific to the Bears, but then I do a lot of features. Most of my time really spent on doing features on uh, NFL players and coaches and themes. I did a big uh, series this fall on um, black coaches and, um, you know, how, how qualified a lot of them are to move up that really haven't gotten a lot of attention. And, uh, it was pretty eye opening. I, I, uh, got to know a lot of guys who I didn't know. And I kind of reacquainted myself with a few who I did know and uh, really uh, enjoyable telling their stories. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then I, I'm just curious now. So then, um, with that bears new defensive coordinator, um, I don't really know too much about Like, do you know anything about that guy? Well, I know a little about him just from, you know, the fact that he's been around since the Mark Tressman days mm-hmm. and uh, everyone who has worked with him says good things about him. Mm-hmm. You know, what I don't know and what no one knows is how he's going to do as a defensive coordinator because he's never been a defensive coordinator before. He's a very bright guy. He's got a Ph.D. and uh, he's got a little bit of a different background from the normal football coach. Uh, but. You know, until they get in that chair and they start doing it, they start drawing up the game plans and calling the plays on game days, 
you don't know really what they're going to do or how they're going to do it. So um, there, there is an unknown factor there. And, you know, the inexperience sometimes is a little bit frightening. But, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, hey, all the great ones get a start somewhere. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it also goes the same thing with, like, the players, too. You know, it's, you have, like, these, you have, like, these, like, prospects, you know, coming in from college, and they can be, you know, top prospect. But it's that transition, just like how you were saying, how I was like, well, like, he's never been in this role before, just as, you know, like, these college players, they've never been in a professional sense. And it's just a completely different type of energy I mean I mean I've never stepped foot on a professional football field like and, and played obviously but like the 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 difference of the level is that you just never know I mean I mean one of one of uh one that comes to mind is like per example is um um a Robert Griffin the third he had so much promise Heisman Trophy winner and everything but then he couldn't really make the switch and also you know with injuries and everything like that really set him back but there always is that unknown factor and I just, yes, yeah, so that was one of the things that I just, you know, happened to think of with that. Yeah, you know, I think uh, it's easy to, to fall into the trap of assuming that because someone succeeds at one level or at one job, he can succeed at the next level or at a higher graded job. And that's not always the case. You know, I think a lot of times people choose head coaches, for instance, based on what somebody did as an offensive coordinator. But the short-sightedness there is that they're two completely different jobs. You know, running an offense is not running a football team. Mm -hmm. You could be the best offensive coordinator in the world and be a very bad head coach. Sometimes you could be a great head coach and not be a very good coordinator of offense, defense, or special teams. So, you know, I think you have to be careful to uh, figure that out and, you know, the, the great skill in hiring people or drafting people, as you mentioned, is being able to project what they can do at the next level. And, you know, because we're dealing with human beings and um, unknowns in terms of what can happen uh, during the course of their, their, their promotion or their, their next level job, you know, it, it's not an exact science. So there, there's always some guesswork involved and, uh, you know, e- even the, the great hirers or great drafters sometimes get burned like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so, so, so I'm curious, I'm, I'm curious, Dan. So then, um, you know, like, you know, we were talking about, you know, like these like progressions and like these promotions and everything like that. I'm curious. So then like, um, in, in, in your career, did you ever find yourself needing to make any sort of like drastic adjustments to because especially I know with like writing is you know is that people just don't become good writers. I mean people have people have an act for it, but to really get really good, you have to practice and adapt and adjust. And you know especially now with as you were saying how like how like how people are receiving information is now just different. Um, so in your career, have there any been? Have you ever needed to make any real big adjustments in order to get yourself to to that next level coming from someone who is just, you know, pretty much doing just like data entry, taking phone calls to now um, to where you are today? Yeah, I would say my entire career has been a series of adjustments. You know, I think uh, if you stay the same, you know, you're, you're going to fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. You have to continue to look at how things are changing around you and continue to adjust to the world, to technology, to uh, 
readership. Um, you know, so many things have changed in journalism since I started in 1983. I mean, it's a completely different ballgame. So you have to really embrace uh, all the changes and, and learn to, uh, uh, to do things differently. I, I think, I mean, I, I don't write the same types of stories I used to write when I came, came up. And really, you know, I, I just started writing this type of story, the long-form feature story, as frequently as I do, probably, you know, within the last 10 years. You know, I dabbled in it a little bit before, but um, that has been something that I've really kind of just tried to become really good at late in my career, late in my life. And uh, it's been very invigorating for me, and it's kind of revitalized me. And I really love doing it as much as I've ever loved anything. I have I loved a lot of it. I loved, I used to love chasing the news when I was young, you know, and trying to get a scoop. And, uh, you know, but I think the one common theme in my career has always been relationships. You know, I think if you are able to form and maintain good relationships with you, with, with people that sees you through almost anything. And that just doesn't go for my job. It goes for almost any job because people skills, and relationships, I think, carry the day in almost anything you do in life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. And that's that's something that I've really um, started to started to really hone in on is um, really is, is not only is is not only not only having a very extensive network, but making sure that the quality of that network is also good, too, because, I mean, you never know, like when you're going to need to like rely on someone. And just like you said, like it, it's it's not just even career. It's also like in like your personal life, too. Like I can't I can't think of all the times where I've I've had to rely on other people. And I mean, me personally, like I I really don't like seeking out help. I I I I try to you know get things done on my own as much as I can, but I mean I I have no idea where I would be, especially with especially without like my friends and family around me, because man they've gotten me through some really really tough times, and and they've also helped me out too. I mean like there was um there I mean something as simple as you know like uh one of one of my one of my um uh girls who I used to date her dad saved me thousands of dollars on like car repairs just because he knew how to you know just because he simply knew how to you know like, like take care of a car and i guarantee you if i were to still hit him up today because you know i still i still maintain good relationships you know you know like with her and um man i'm sure i i could give him a call right now and if i needed help on my car you know he'd be able to be like yeah sure like no problem but yeah like the power of community and networking in general is that you never is that's why it's so good just to be just to, just to be open to other people's opinion. That's where I feel like a lot of like the disconnect in terms of networking happens, or is like people aren't really able to be as open minded, and aren't really willing to have the conversation just to like learn from someone and just be able to be like, hey man, you know, like I kind of need help because I feel like there's a lot of power in asking for help and and like leaning on people, you know, and like you know, it's just yeah, you know, I I I completely understand with I I completely get that to a T. I get that. Like that's the whole premise of this whole podcast. That's why I said I was like, man, I have a very diverse network and I try to strengthen that, but I'm also very particular on who the people who I let who who I let in because you know, like as important as it is to help other people out, you know, you always have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself first and that's how you're able to take care of other people around you and if you surround yourself with 
good people, you know, like, like people who are like motivating to you, that's only going to push you forward. And that's only going to motivate you even more. Yeah. Great points. I mean, no person is an Island and nobody has success at anything by themselves. You know, we all need a little help from our friends or our family or whatever. And, uh, you know, I know I, I could look back at my life, my career, and I, there are so many people who are, you know, so responsible for me getting here. I mean, starting with my grandparents and, you know, the sacrifices they made uh, to, uh, for me to, to uh, be able to live in this country and to succeed in my parents. And then, you know, it goes from there, you, you know, your teachers, your friends, uh, your coworkers, your bosses, you know, the people who believed in you, had faith in you, trusted you. Um, it's very important that people feel they can trust you. You know, that's been uh, a, a great thing in my career. I think that I've been able to have trustworthy relationships with people because, you know, if they tell me not to say something, they know I'm not going to say it. They know it's going to be between us. You have to, you know, always act upstandingly and respectfully and uh, honor people's wishes because if you don't, it, it'll all come back to bite you. You know, I, I think um, one of the things that, that's helped me is that um, I've been able to form a lot of relationships across the NFL. Uh, and a lot of times those relationships form like this. I, I am able to get a relationship with one person. That person might like me and trust me. So then what happens is that person tells another person, hey, that Pompey guy is okay. You know, he, he's okay. So then he might tell another person, oh, before you know it, you know, that one relationship blossoms into something that gives you 20 relationships mm -hmm. and then each one of those relationships blossoms, you know? So, um, it's very important. Like I said, that, that you, uh, are a person who stands by your word and does the right thing. And a lot of good things come back to you off of that. Oh no, 100%. And I, re I really liked how you touched upon, um, how all relationships, um, uh, there, there's, there's, a. There's there there are two basic forms, and I I I learned this when I was hospitalized. Um, is that the two is that the only way for a like any sort of relationship to to fully like like flourish is to have two things: trust and mutual respect. And you touched upon those things. And I've always been a firm believer in in ever in everything you said. You know, just being positive and like how you said it. It's like yeah, you know, like that. You know, like Dan Pompey guy. It's like yeah, like I had a conversation with like yeah, like he's he's good people and. Man, I've done that, and I've, and even just through this podcast already, I've connected um, a few people, you know. And I would never, and that, and that's the thing is like always standing by your word and just following through with what you say. Because, and even, even if, even if something falls through the cracks, just having an open communication with them, man, that means the honest, that that means the entire world of just being as transparent as possible. Because that's what it's it's those two fundamental things of just trust and respect. And that's how, that's how those connections really grow. And that's, and that's, and the, and the way how I see it is the healthier those connections are, the healthier those connections that you got through that one connection are just because, you know, like, and, and, and the, and the other thing is too, is that just because you made um, a connection with one person, they introduced you to another person, like you just might not even vibe with them, but there's nothing wrong with that. As long as there's the respect and the trust between it, but that doesn't mean you have to get along with everyone. That doesn't mean you have to, you know, like be best friends with everyone who you come in contact with, because that's not reality, you know? Sure. You know, I think, um, uh, other thing too, you look at, 
successful people and the thing that you see one thing in common with every single one of them is they all work hard you know they're all really committed to being really good and uh, that's something that other people respect and when you talk about relationships I think you know if someone doesn't have that you know other people aren't going to be as quick to trust you and to embrace you in their circle. So I think, um, you know, we're all not the most talented in the world. You don't need to be the most talented in the world. If you work hard and you do things the right way, good things will happen to you and other people will see that and, and they, and they will, uh, trust you and, and want to be a part of what you're doing. Dan, I'm curious. So, like, what, 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 like, motivates you to be the best that you can be? Like, I mean, so, 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 so it's like when Dan wakes up in the morning, you know, like, what, 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 where do you find your motivation and your drive? You know, I've, I've always been very driven. Uh, I wasn't driven when I was in high school. I was, I was kind of lazy and mm-hmm. I didn't get the best grades and I didn't uh, apply myself the way I should, but. Once I found this passion, uh, it was just an automatic spark. And, and it really has helped spark me in everything that I do. You know, I'm a guy who wakes up every morning at 4.30 and hits the gym first thing. And uh, I, I, I just find, you know, motivation uh, to be my best uh, uh, comes easy to me. And, and you know, I don't, I don't know where it comes from. I mean, some of it might be uh, the fact that, you know, when I was younger, I heard a lot of, you know, you can't do this or you're not good enough or, uh, you know, uh, you, ha- you have your doubters and, and naysayers and, you know, you want to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's beyond that. I mean, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond that point now. And, and I still uh, have this, you know, burning desire inside me to, to get up every day and do everything the best I can. And, and, I, and I love it and I enjoy it. And. I get great pleasure out of uh, writing a good story or, you know, doing something well. So um, I, I think, um, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's an individual thing, you know, but, but I think a lot of people uh, have that, that, that who have that drive kind of probably could trace it back to their childhood and some things that happened to them. You know, it's kind of like the Michael Jordan thing, you know, that, he uh, didn't make the varsity basketball team when he was a freshman, and he carried that with him the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and you know, I, I that, that's honestly like one of my favorite stories about is like hearing about stuff, you know, fr- from 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 these like super great, you know, athletes and everything. Um, uh, like one, it was like that story in particular, and then uh, there was also another story I heard about with uh, Jerry Rice. I think, I think he was in high school i think and like it was like during it was like during like it was like during like two a days or whatever and he and like his coach was you know like and he was already you know like top athlete you know like like star uh you know like wide receiver and um and you know like they were doing like conditioning drills and like the coaches were just like really honing in on him you know you're know, like honing in on like the team like one day just really conditioning him and like and like Jerry Rice, like he had, I think he had like one, he had like one more like suicide to do or whatever. And he, and then he, and he, and he like didn't want to do it. So like he, you know, grabbed his helmet and he, I'm like, and then he was walking to the locker room, but then halfway, 
halfway halfway to the locker room, he stopped and he said, man, if I quit now, I quit every day for the rest of my life. And then so that he put his helmet back on and he got on the field and he did like, and he, and he, I think he did like, I think he ended up doing like two or three, two or three extra suicides just for, just for thinking about quitting. And it's just like little like stories like that, you know, like people like that, like who really separate themselves and, and they take, and I think another quality that very successful people have that what I've noticed is they take accountability for their own actions and they don't, and, and like, even though it might not seem perfect and to, to other people might be like, oh, like this person's, you know, like on 100% of the day, like they want to get up, like they want to go to work every single day. And like, dude, it's like, but, it, but that's not how it is. It's the successful people and like that champion mindset where it's like, how do you bounce back from a bad day? Because like you say, how like you, how you like to give your best every day, but I guarantee, but I mean, at least how it is with me is my best on certain days might be you know, my, you know, like 30 or 40%, you know, like not every, not, not like doing your best doesn't look a hundred percent all of the time. And I feel like that's where it has to come into to an even deeper level of being able to look past that and just keep moving forward. Even when you have like these setbacks or you have, you have to go through these trials. It's how, how willing are you able to get into the forward thinking mindset and and, 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 and just continue on with whatever you're doing, putting your head down and just simply doing the work. You know, sometimes your best isn't good enough. That, that goes with all of us. Uh, but I think what's important is that we're able to divvy up into two categories, that which we can control and that we, which we cannot control. Mm-hmm. And what we can control is our effort. You know, what we can't control are some of the things that happen outside of that, you know, and, and that includes our talent or, you know, maybe uh, our, our opponent if we're going against somebody or, you know, whatever, whatever kind of glitches there are in, in the world, in our world that day or, or in, on that project, you know, it, it happens that sometimes our best uh, falls short of where we want it to be, and, and that's normal and natural. Um, but I think, you know, if, if we continue to, control the things that we can control and focus on those things, you know, we can still find satisfaction and we could still uh, look at it as, as a victory, even when things don't go exactly the way we want them to. Oh yeah. yeah 100%. And, um, uh, you, you, what you, you reminded me of, um, uh, you basically hit the nail on the head with the, um, um, uh, serenity prayer. You know, it's like God granted me the, 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 the serenity to, um, control, to control the things, uh, I, I honestly forgot how it goes, but it talks about, but but, but it's basically essentially everything of like what you just said. Um, like God grant me the grant me the strength to be able to accept the things, ex- or to to change the things I can control, um, and to um like calm to calm my mind about the things I can't control, and then the wisdom to like know the difference. I that, that's not a direct quote, but. Yeah, yeah, and I've always do, do you do you do you do you do you find yourself in prayer a lot, Dan? Yeah, so absolutely, faith is a big part of my life, and you know, I I know I wouldn't be where I am as a man today, or you know, anything without it. It's uh, you know the foundation of everything, and it's behind you know every uh, success I've had. It's it's the reason that I do everything I do, and. Um, you know, I was fortunate that uh, my mother instilled faith in me at a young age, and 
it's it's grown, you know, thanks to the Holy Spirit and some great mentors in my life and family and people around me. And uh, it's uh, yeah, it, it's you know, my faith is I would say the center of my life. No, that, that's 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 great, Dan. Um, so uh, I'm I'm am just curious. So has there has there been? Because I mean, I know you said you've had a lot of influences. Um, especially in journalism and in your personal life too. Uh, I'm just curious: is there, is there any one particular person or any one particular like conversation, um, that's really had the most influence on you? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I can't give you one conversation. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, but I would say, I mean, if. Probably the most influential person in my life is, was my, my father, mm-hmm. you know, um, who, uh, you know, he was a great American success story. He uh, came to this country with his brother and his mother in at the height of the Great Depression, and uh, they had nothing. My grandfather was already in America, and he was working to try to save up for them, and uh, he, he did save some money, and they went to the bank to get it, and the bank had closed and was gone with their money. So he built himself up from that. You know, he came here, he spoke no English, uh, got picked on every day, you know, had to fight his way home oftentimes, um, didn't have enough money to go to college, but went to night school, ended up um, making uh, uh, his own business and doing extremely well with it learning how to invest, becoming an outstanding investor, and really, you know, setting us up, uh, me and my wife and my children, I'm an only child, uh, for our lives, not only financially, but also, you know, in terms of, you talk about where that drive comes from, well, you know, I I saw an action. I saw someone pick themselves up off from the floor, really, you know, the the bottom level, bottom bottom, uh, level of America and become a great American success story. And, um, you know, to me, that's always a, a, an example that is going to be in my life and my children's life and hopefully in their children's life and their children's life and on and on because uh, a lot happened because of my father, Joe Pompey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, wow, that's, that's, that's awesome. That, that's, that, and that, that's essentially, wow, Dan, you got me, you got me having like goosebumps over here talking about that. Um, yeah, yeah, but no, like that's that, that's it's, and and that's what I was all trying to get at. You know, it's like it's like where's like the drive come from? Because I mean, like it always it always stems from somewhere. And I feel like your parents, I feel like just in general, man, like your parents have such a huge impact on you. And like it's, and I'm not saying that you know it's like the end all be all, but you know, because I mean, like you said, you know, it's like your your, your grandfather came over, um um like like came over here, you know, speaking no English, bottom of the barrel, but he found a way to pick himself up and do what he needed to do what he needed to do to provide better for his kids and then, you know, his kids after that and then so on and so forth. And that's why I feel like the whole objective and that and that's the way how I mean I don't for me personally, I don't determine success based off of money. I determine it based off of how you're able to impact or how you're able to impact people in a positive way that that really is my version of success and then I feel like everything else like the more like material things just kind of fall into place just like how you said with like hard work and and determination everything else just falls into place as long as you're able to remind yourself 
of where you come from, always being humble, but you know, just but but just wanting wanting better for the other people around you. And I feel like that's one of the biggest motivating things or at least internally for me is being able to I mean like with me and my is like if I'm able to take care of myself and then also be able to take care of you know like my people like my family and my friends that's that that would be the ultimate goal for me and that's where I get you know like my drive from is because you know I want to be able to help other people out and I want you know I want to see other people succeed so that's what really drives me and I feel like I feel like your grandfather really like had that vision and that was his motivating factor as well trying to help out the other people around me his people as well yeah that, that's great that you feel that way and it's it's important that uh we all give back and you know try to help other people uh, you know and and uh i know uh even like talking to young journalists next week i'm supposed to uh sit in on a, a zoom class uh with northwestern journalism students and talk to them uh, you know, answer their questions about the field and, and, you know, see how I can help them achieve their goals. And, um, it's obviously most important in your own house with, you know, your, your own family, but I think it, it extends beyond that to friends and certainly, uh, beyond friends too, with, with everybody. We're all part of this country. We're all part of this world together. And, you know, the more people we can help, uh, the greater our footprint becomes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right, all right, all right, all right, Dan. Well, um, uh, I got, I gotta, I gotta be cutting, I gotta be cutting this one a little bit short, um, because, because I gotta, I, I, I gotta get back, I gotta get, I mean, I gotta get back to work myself. But, um, Dan, I just want to say thank you so much for taking your time, because I know that you're a really busy guy. Like, thank you so much for for taking this time out to 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 help me and 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 be a part of the movement I'm trying to create. I really appreciate it. Um, I like to end my podcasts with my um with 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 this one question um if you could give um if you could give just like the rest of the world and i'm in no no pressure but like if you could give the rest of the world like one piece of advice through dan pompey's eyes what would it be one piece of advice yeah i i would say um You know, I, I think that the best, the best advice was given was given really by Jesus Christ when he said, "Love one another as yourself." You know, I think if if we all did that, it would be a lot better world. And uh, it, it's simple, but it, it and it's old, but it cuts right to the heart of everything. I think. Dan, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I got I certainly got a lot from this podcast and I think that a lot of people who are sitting here listening um are gonna are gonna be really moved by it and everything and and Dan I, I honestly just can't thank you enough for being on this. I, I really appreciate it. I enjoyed talking with you, Nick. Thanks for having me. All right, take it easy. All right, and I just wanna say uh to whoever's listening to this, uh thank you so much for sticking around and listening. Um really appreciate you guys and um I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Deuces.